For Christians, the celebration of Christmas is about promises, promises made and promises kept. The birth of Jesus is celebrated as the fulfillment of the promises that God made through his prophets in the Old Testament. That God would send a savior into our world to redeem all of us from sin, death, and the power of the evil one. John's gospel is the gospel appointed to be read for the mass of Christmas Day in the church. And what is fascinating about this narration is it really doesn't talk about the details of the birth of Jesus, especially as Luke's gospel read last night did. No. What he does is he begins his narrative of the birth, basically, life and death of Jesus with a theological statement. In the beginning, just like it said in Genesis, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What John gives us theological insight into is this child born of Mary, whom the prophet Isaiah would call Emmanuel, meaning in Hebrew, God with us. Who is he? And what, in fact, did he accomplish and do? For many people, the Christian faith can almost be disturbingly concrete and physical. I mean, think about it. We Christians celebrate conceptions and circumcisions and purifications. We ritualize our marriages and our births. Even sickness and death fall under the umbrella of the Christian liturgy and practice. The whole gamut of life is celebrated within the church. Flesh and blood, tangible flesh and blood, Christ's flesh and blood become the very center of the Christmas and the Christian life. That is our worship. We worship Him who became flesh and blood and who gives us in this Eucharist his very flesh and blood to eat and drink. Because as John said in his opening, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And Jesus in John 6 would tell the congregation in the synagogue at Capernaum that unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. The angels told the shepherds that they would find the sign. The sign that the Messiah was born, the Emmanuel, the God with us. And remember what the sign was? Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Hmm. That's the sign. God comes to penetrate and inhabit the ordinariness of human life, of everyday existence that you and I have from birth to death. 
you know, there's nothing terribly grand about a baby conceived out of wedlock, born in poverty, wrapped with rags, and found sleeping in a feeding trough for animals. Doesn't really sound grand to me. And that's the sign? It was the night of the Christmas children's pageant. Everything was primed and ready to go. All the children had rehearsed their parts so much that they knew them even in their sleep. Everyone except one. His name was Philip. Philip was a slow learner. He was the kind of kid that everybody else in his grade made fun of. Well, he was chosen to be one of the three wise men that would come to the manger and offer the gifts to the baby Jesus. The teacher asked that the three wise men bring gifts to carry in the pageant. So Philip came, and as he came, he brought this rather large and imposing box, and it was all wrapped with Christmas paper. The pageant begins, and uh, as the three wise men wind their way down the center aisle of the church, each in turn would now offer the baby Jesus the very gifts that they had brought. The first said, I offer you the finest gold of Ophir. The second boy said, I offer you the most fragrant incense of Arabia. But when Philip approached the baby Jesus, he forgot his line. Stumbling around and there was a moment of stasis. Everybody was like, what is he going to say? What is Philip going to do? And finally he blurts out, here's some disposable diapers for you, Jesus. Disposable diapers. Hold that thought for just a minute. In the second century, there arose a group of heretics called the Gnostics. And these um, Gnostics were very, very uncomfortable with the biblical gospels, with the biblical gospels of Jesus himself, but especially of his birth. And so what they decided to do is they didn't want a really human Jesus, they decided to write their own Gospels. Some of us sometimes hear this because people who are opposed to the Christian faith, the secret Gospel, you know, that's the Gnostic Gospels. Well, in these Gnostic Gospels, this is how Jesus is betrayed, that he is ominously powerful. Why, he can shoot from his finger lightning bolts like the young wizards at Hogwarts. He can take clay figurines of birds and have them fly. Whoa, now there's a God worth following. That's a sign to see, isn't it? Now, 
you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, needing to be changed, disposable diapers. The humanity of Christmas is what it's all about. Our lives intersecting God's. God coming so close to us in flesh and blood, so close that we can hold Him or we can hurt Him. We can honor Him or we can despise Him. We can love Him or we can crucify Him. There's no other worldliness about the God who was incarnate, born in a stable, lying in a feeding trough, wrapped in rags. He entered into our human space as a human fully to place himself in harm's way, to rescue us from a life that inevitably leads to death. As John would say to those who believe in him, he gives life. When they saw Jesus upon the cross, his adversaries shouted out to him, If you are the Messiah, come down from the cross and we'll believe you. There would be a sign. But Jesus wouldn't descend from his blood-stained cross. He was hoisted up upon that wooden cross, a cross that was forged by our own sins. The wood of the cross in the beginning would be forged into the wood. The manger would become now a cross. It was there that he would taste death for us all and he would drink the cup of our own brokenness. And by accepting his death, he would give us power over death itself. For as I said before, Jesus told us, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. As he told the grieving sisters at Lazarus' tomb, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. This body because of its corruption, will die, but we will not die. We live. And because he lives, he has changed everything. Carl Ratzinger, or as many of us know him as Pope Benedict XVI, in a delightful uh, trilogy that he wrote on the life of Jesus of Nazareth in his book on the infancy narratives, writes this beautiful commentary. He said, God has done everything. He has done the impossible. He was made flesh. 
His all-powerful love has accomplished something which surpasses all human understanding. The infinite God becomes a human child. He has entered the human family, and yet this same God cannot enter my heart unless I open the door to him. May we always open our hearts to our Lord Christ as he has opened his heart to us on this Christmas day.